again. We're turning together in the Word of God to the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, and the chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24. And we are continuing today our study in the life of Abraham. And that study is now coming towards a close. And we have reached today chapter 24. We're going to commence at the first verse of the chapter. And let us follow together in God's precious word. Genesis chapter 24 and the verse 1. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But thou shalt go on to my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. And the servant said unto him, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me unto this land. Must I needs bring thy son again unto the land from whence thou camest? And Abraham said unto him, Beware thou that thou bring not my son thither again. The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me, and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath. Only bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning that matter. And the servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed. For all the goods of his master were in his hand and he arose and went to Mesopotamia unto the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day, and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. And she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, 
And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. The damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin. Neither had any man known her. And she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And the servant ran to meet her and said, Let me, I pray thee, drink a little water of thy pitcher. And she said, Drink, my lord. And she hasted and let down her pitcher upon her hand and gave him drink. And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. And the man, wondering at her, held his peace to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. We land there at verse 21. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. We've read together from the book of Genesis and the chapter 24. And I would ask you to turn again to that portion of scripture. We have entitled the series on Abraham, the pathway of faith. And we're coming here today to this 24th chapter. Just to set the scene of this chapter, perhaps we could read together the seventh verse. And it gives us the subject uh, that is revealed to us in chapter 24. The verse 7 Abraham is speaking here to the eldest servant of his house. And he says, The Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred, and which spake unto me and that swear unto me, saying, Unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son, from thence. Thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And we have entitled the message today, Seeking a Bride. Seeking a Bride for Isaac. Let's just unite together and ask the Lord for help in the ministry of his word. Our gracious and our loving Heavenly Father, we do thank thee today for our coming together into this house we rejoice, O God, in thy presence with us and for this opportunity to meet around the open book of God. And we thank thee that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we ask, our Father, that thou wouldst take up thine own precious and thine own infallible word and grant that thou wouldst send it forth in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. We ask that even this day the word would come with power. The word might come with freshness, yea, Lord, with that challenge to each one of our hearts. And that the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, would be honored 
and glorified. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, life can be filled with ups and downs. As we go through our lives, there are the good times and there are, sadly, the bad times. Life tends to be like that emotional roller coaster. Sometimes we're up and other times we're down. And the pathway can be rough or the pathway can be smooth. And surely as we have looked at the life of Abraham and the pathway of faith, we see that truth reflected in his life and in his experience. For example, the last time we were looking at Abraham, there in chapter 23, it was a very sad scene. It was in chapter 23 that we learned about the tears of Abraham, the tears over the departure of his dear wife, Sarah. And so chapter 23 will really detail a death and the burial. There's the funeral there in chapter 23, and we're given the details of it there. And of course, that's a sad time. That's a difficult time in anyone's life. When the hand of death comes, reaches into the family, and snatches away those who are near and dear to us. And so chapter 23 was one of those occasions. But when we come into chapter 24, the scene changes from a family funeral to a family wedding. And it changes from a time of sadness to a time of happiness. Here we read about the bride for Isaac and the marriage of Isaac, Abraham's son. And it's such a happy story. We could say chapter 24 is a beautiful love story. The chapter opens up by detailing for us that Abraham is now an old man. Tells us that he's well stricken in age. Oh, the years are starting to tell. The years are starting to take their toll. And perhaps Abraham is realizing himself that his days on this earth are now numbered. And he will soon follow his wife Sarah to the grave at Machpelah. But Abraham desires that before he departs, he could see his son married. It's not just a desire to see his son settled and secure before he would depart this scene of time, but rather the desire within the heart of Abraham reaches beyond that. It's an even greater desire than that. It's a desire to see God's promise fulfilled. And in verse 7 that we have already read together, Abraham is recounting to the eldest servant of his house of how the Lord's hand has been in his life and how the Lord has led him forth from the air of the Chaldees and the Lord has brought him out into the land of promise and how the Lord promised not only to give him that land but to give him a seed and of course, the Lord blessed Abraham with the birth of Isaac. And it wasn't to stop there. 
The promised seed of Abraham was to reach on from generation to generation. And it was to be ultimately fulfilled in the birth of the promised seed. That was the promised Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And so Abraham believed in that promise from the Lord. He believed that it would be fulfilled. The immediate context in the life of Abraham He has known the fulfillment of it and the birth of his son Isaac. But Isaac too would have to continue on that seed. And in order to do that, he needed a wife. And that's why Abraham, when he's now old and he's well stricken in age, he's desiring that his son Isaac would have a wife to see the promise of God further fulfilled in his seed. And Abraham, as the practice would have been, he entrusts his chief servant with this task. The eldest servant within the household of Abraham, he's not named in chapter 24, But he is named in chapter 15 and in the verse 2 where there Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. And so Eliezer is named in chapter 15 and the verse 2 as the steward of Abraham's house. And we learn in chapter 24 that he's entrusting this particular task to his eldest servant. And it would be widely accepted that while he's not named in chapter 24, that it is in fact Eliezer himself. Because this chapter shows that he had put everything into the hand of Eliezer within his household. So that had to be the steward of his house. And Abraham here is giving instructions to Eliezer. In verse 3 of our Bible reading, he's telling him that Isaac is not to take a wife from the Canaanites. He said in verse 3, And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. Isaac is not to marry a Canaanite. But he wants Eliezer, his eldest servant, to go and to seek a wife from his own kindred and from his own country. Verse 4 of her Bible reading, But thou shalt go, go on to my country, and to my kindred, and take a wife on to my son Isaac. In the following verses, verses 5 and 6, we'll not take time to read them, but Isaac was not to go back. Isaac was not to go back to the land which the Lord had called Abraham out of, but Eliezer would go back on behalf of Isaac to seek a wife from his own kindred and from his own country. And so the task here uh, presented to Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, was to seek out a bride and to seek out a bride for Isaac. As we read on in the chapter We were introduced to the one who would become 
that future wife of Isaac, that is Rebekah. And she came from the family of Nahor. Nahor was still back in that country of Mesopotamia. And he was the brother of Abraham. And so Eliezer is going back to that particular country and he'll meet up with Rebekah. And Rebekah is of the family of Nahor. And by the end of the chapter, Eliezer is convinced that this is the will of God and that the Lord has guided him. And the question will be put to Rebekah, wilt thou go with this man? And she has to give the answer. The answer, of course, has great implications. She agrees to go with Eliezer and to go there to the land of Canaan and to become the wife of Isaac. That means that she would have to leave her home and her kindred and she would have to travel with Eliezer. Wilt thou go? And she answered in the affirmative and she said, I will go. And she makes the journey back. The journey back with Eliezer and she becomes the wife of Isaac. And so what you see here in chapter 24 is Abraham as the father. And he provides a bride for his son. Abraham as the father provides a bride for his son. And you must see there as you consider that, that there's a greater picture here. And there is a picture here of the gospel because God the Father, God the Father provides a bride for his son. And we learn from the New Testament scriptures that the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ is made up of every saved soul. And everyone that accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they become part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Revelation 21 speaks about the bride adorned for her husband. That chapter goes on to say, the bride is the lamb's wife. The bride is the lamb's wife. And so as we think here about Eliezer, the servant of his master, and he's going forth to seek out a bride for Isaac, can you see the greater picture that there is? That Eliezer represents every servant of the Lord. Everyone that seeks to win souls for the Lord Jesus Christ and to have that bride for the Savior, they're seeking out a bride for the Lord. And so there are some lessons here on service and lessons upon soul winning and seeking a bride for the Lord. And firstly, we think about the mission of the servant. That mission was revealed to Eliezer in verse 4 and it was repeated to him again in verse 7. Two verses that we've already revealed together. That he was to go and he was to seek out a bride for Abraham's son Isaac. And we can see that that would have been a practical service. A service that was practical because Eliezer was given the task and he was being sent forth and he was being told to go. 
And he had to be willing to go. But he's a sent man. And he's being sent forth by his master. And he's being sent to a particular place. The end of verse 10 tells us that he went to Mesopotamia. Onto the city of Nahor. And so he's being sent forth by his master to a particular place and to a particular people. And he has this specific job here to do for his master to to seek out a bride. Now it was quite a journey. It's estimated that it was some 500 miles. Therefore he needed provision for the way. His master would provide all that he would need. His master would equip him for the journey. In fact, the master, as verse 10 indicates, had put all things at the disposal of his servant. The servant took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, onto the city of Nahor. Wouldn't be an easy road. Certainly wasn't an easy task that he had been given to do. But all of the master's provision were put into his hand. The master would equip him for the task. Do you see the parallel there? You're seeking to serve the Lord today. Has the Lord given to the church that great commission? As the Lord said to every one of his people, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And the Lord may send individuals to a specific place and he would send them to a specific people and he wants them there to to be witnesses for him. To seek out a bride, the Lamb's wife, Oh, we have to be practical and we have to be be willing to go to to seek out a bride for the Savior. And you can see that Eliezer here, he showed that he was willing to go. He was practical in that sense, but he showed a practical wisdom as well. You noticed in verse uh, 10 of that passage that he comes to the city of Nahor and there in verse 11 and he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening even the time that women go out to draw water what wisdom he showed there when he arrived in this particular region. He didn't go into the city. He waited outside of the city and he waited by the well and it was the evening time and he knew at the evening time that it was the job of the women to come out to the well and to draw water. And so here we can see such a practical wisdom being exercised. He's using everyday common sense here. You're seeking out a bride. You'd want to be where the women are. And he knew at the evening time they come out to the well. And so he goes there in order that he might meet with these women. Practical service. But it was prayerful service. Do You see in verse 12 as he's there. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee. 
Send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. And he goes on in prayer there before the Lord. He's at the well just outside the city of Nahor. He's got the camels to kneel down there and he's waiting. And he knows that the women are going to be coming along. It's the evening time. But he must pray. And anyone who's going to do any work for the Lord, any service for the Lord, they must learn the lesson that prayer is vital. We can never dispense with prayer if we truly desire to know the Lord's will. If we want to know the guidance of the Lord, if we want to know the blessing of the Lord, if we want to know the help of the Lord, then we must pray. We know that the context of the chapter is seeking out a bride. And even if there are those uh, young people who would desire at a time to have a partner in life and would like to be married, we'll learn the lesson here from Eliezer. It's a matter of prayer. And to know the guidance and the help of the Lord in choosing a life's partner, prayer is vital. We're applying the message today in the practical sense to seeking out a bride for the Lord and winning souls for the Lord. And when you're seeking to do that work for the Lord, how we must pray. For Eliezer, humanly speaking, this seemed impossible. He was saying in verse 5 to Abraham, Peradventure the woman will not be willing to follow me onto this land. Humanly speaking, it was asking the impossible Eliezer knows as he's there at the well, I need to pray. I need to ask the Lord to take control of this situation. Eliezer there at the well, he begins to call upon the Lord. You see, you cannot labor for the Lord without prayer. You cannot do any work for the Lord without prayer. You cannot expect to win souls without prayer. And Eliezer here, can you picture him in your mind's eye? He's bowed before the Lord and he's praying. And God answers prayer. In fact, before he had finished praying, God had answered. You see verse 15. And it came to pass before he had done speaking. Before he's even finished speaking to the Lord in prayer, before he had done speaking, that behold, Rebekah came out, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, with her pitcher upon her shoulder. Now, Eliezer doesn't yet know who she is. But the Holy Spirit of God tells us who she is. And she's of Abraham's kindred. That's what he had said to Eliezer, go and seek a bride from my kindred, from my people. And here, in answer to prayer, Rebekah here appears. Before Eliezer had finished praying, my, what an answer to prayer that was. It reminded me of the New Testament church whenever they were meeting in prayer uh, behind closed doors and they were praying for Peter who was in prison. And the knock came to the door and the young damsel Rhoda who was at the prayer meeting, she answers the door. And she didn't open the door. And she ran back in to tell the others. 
You're praying for Peter. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Peter. Prayer's answered. He's at the door. Before they had finished praying, the Lord had answered prayer. And here it is too with Eliezer. Before he had done speaking, Rebecca appears. And verse 16 just gives us a little thumbnail sketch about Rebecca. We're introduced to her here. The damsel was very fair to look upon. And there's the beauty of Rebecca. Fair to look upon. Then it says a virgin. Neither had any man known her. There's the morality of Rebecca. She was of a good moral standing. We commend her for that. You can see in verse 16 her industry as well. She was a willing worker. She went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. And so she's there coming out. And she's willing to do that work of drawing the water. And of course you would know from our Bible reading that as Eliezer was praying, he was praying to the Lord, let the woman that comes and who's willing to give me the drink, and not only to me, but she's willing to give the camel's drink as well, let that be an indication, this is the woman. So Eliezer, he's running in verse 17. And he runs to her and he asks her there for the drink and she she obliges and she gives him. And then she's going to give for the camels as well. And I find this interesting. Verse 19, And when she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. That shows you how willing a worker, a laborer she was. It's one thing to give Eliezer water, that wouldn't have been too hard, but to water the camels. We've learned from the chapter that Eliezer had ten camels with him. And camels can drink a lot of water. Apparently when camels are taking on water, they can take on up to five gallons each. That's 50 gallons. And it tells us there, that she was drawing the water for the camels at the end of verse 19 until they had done drinking. And in verse 20, And she hasted and emptied her pitcher into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. The ten camels, she watered them until they had done drinking, possibly 50 gallons of water. That's a lot of drawing. A lot of drawing from the well. Certainly good characteristics here with Rebecca. But God had answered prayer. And if we want the Lord to bless our labors and to lead us and to guide us as we see the example here before us in Genesis 24, we would need to pray. To pray for souls and to have a passion as we pray for souls. Paul says, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. A passion to pray for souls. And so the labors here, the servant Eliezer, the example to us of all of our service for the Lord, it was practical service, it was prayerful service, it was providential service. 
You see where we finished our Bible reading? Given all that we have explained already, it says, and the man wondering at her. Oh, he's prayed about it and he's opened his eyes and there's Rebecca before him and, and she does give him water and she waters all the camels and he's standing there. And he's looking at her. He's wondering at her. It says he held his peace. And what is it that's going on within the heart of Eliezer? What's he considering? The end of verse 21, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And when he witnessed all that was before him there, he's standing in awe, he's standing in wonderment, he's standing there with amazement, and he's trying to ascertain within his heart, is this of the Lord? Is this the Lord has done all of this? Whether the Lord has made my journey prosperous or not. You ever trying to determine the will of God? You get to a point where you say, am I imagining this? Am I just reading into this situation? Or is this really of the Lord? Is this God's sovereign and providential will? That's what Eliezer's doing here. He's wondering at that. But he had it confirmed because when you go on down the chapter to verse 26, it says, And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And Eliezer now is in no doubt about it. He's saying this, this is the blessing of the Lord. This is the mercy of the Lord. This is the truth of the Lord. And I being in the way, the Lord led me. That's where every Christian wants to be. Every Christian wants to be able to say, I'm in the will of the Lord here. I being in the way, the Lord led me. And Eliezer acknowledges that this whole matter has been ordered by the Lord. And that's a wonderful experience for the child of God when you come to that confidence and to that assurance, I'm in the way the Lord has led me. This is not by chance. This is not by coincidence. This is not of the flesh. This is according to God's sovereign and providential plan and purpose. And when it comes to soul winning, and we should be willing to go forward in that practical sense to serve the Lord, and we must go forward prayerfully and asking the Lord for guidance like that little chorus, lead me to some soul today. Just as Eliezer was led, lead me to some soul today and teach me, Lord, just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and cannot find their way. I've mentioned in recent weeks about the Reverend Samuel Rutherford. That's because I stood recently at his grave there in St. Andrews. 
He had a passion for the souls of men and women, wanting to see souls saved. Anne Ross Cousins, she meditated on the letters of Samuel Rutherford. And through the various sayings, and she drew some of them together and put them to rhyme. The words were Samuel Rutherford's, but it was Anne Ross Cousin who put them together. And it was in a poem with some 19 verses, but then uh, the verses were reduced down and it was uh, made into the hymn, The Sands of Time Are Sinking. And in relation to Samuel Rutherford, she had put his words into a verse. O if one soul from Anwath meet me at God's right hand, my heaven will be two heavens in Emmanuel's land. Rutherford, who labored at Anwath by the Solway, he wanted to see souls from Anwath meeting him at God's right hand. And surely it's our desire as God's people here in Hillsborough that when that day comes, we'll meet souls from Hillsborough at God's right hand. Maybe you're gathered here today and you're not ready for that day when you'll meet the Lord. You're not saved today. Oh, that today you would come. It's our mission. It's our mission to reach out to you I have had further points that I want to bring from this chapter, but my second point was the message of the servant. Eliezer didn't speak about himself. Eliezer spoke about the son. And that's the message that we would bring to souls here in Hillsborough. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the free Presbyterian church. It's about the son. The Lord Jesus Christ, God's dear Son, though that you would come today to accept that message of Christ and to close in with God's offer of mercy. Let's unite together in a closing word of prayer. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, we do bless Thee and we thank Thee for Thine own precious and infallible truth. We ask, O God, as we have heard thy word today, that it might come to our hearts, O God, with that freshness and even, O God, applied by the power of thy Spirit and help us ever to realize that great mission that lies before us to reach out to those who are lost and who are dying in sin. Lord, hear our prayer. Do abide with us this day. And even as we separate now the one from the other, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, our Comforter, rest, remain, and abide with each one, both now and ever. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.